Hello again, and welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. Now, vehicle electric requirements have changed pretty radically since the advent of the horseless carriage. Back in 1912, when Babe Ruth still hadn't laced up his cleats and talkies were more than a decade away, the auto industry was in its infancy, and electrical requirements were only about 100 watts. By 1961, the 12-volt battery became the norm for an increasingly power-hungry automobile, and 20 years later, vehicle electrical requirements topped 1.5 kilowatts. Fast forward to the present, and with the advent of fully electric and hybrid vehicles, the 48-volt battery is working its way into the conversation, though this newest battery presents all sorts of problems for the power conversion process, and we're going to talk about some of those today. Our guest today gave a presentation on this very topic at an automotive forum in Germany last fall. And with that said, it's my distinct pleasure to welcome Vikers Paul Yeeman to the show. Paul, thanks for joining us. And maybe you could start by, by explaining why the 48-volt battery is so necessary for contemporary vehicles. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to talk with you today. So the 48-volt battery um, is really um, – is really driven by the power requirements that have basically exploded in, in contemporary vehicles. And while uh, uh, a fully electric vehicle um, may be kind of the end point of this, uh, you know, kind of um, this whole evolution of the vehicle that we're currently going through, um, the reality is, is that there has been an, an explosion in electrification needs that have happened even with, um, even with, gas-powered vehicles or, or even hybrid vehicles. So going back to the, the, the horseless carriage days when 100 watts was, uh, was, the, was the requirement, um, you know, that 100 watts was, was basically for driving a, you know, a, headlight, a headlight, and, and mm. that alone would, would be you know, what you'd need to, 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 in terms of electric power on, on a vehicle. Um, tracing the history of the automobile, when you get to the 1950s, um, you know, people started putting, um, you know, car radios and stereo systems um, into the vehicle. Um, obviously, uh, in the interim, there are uh, electric windshield wipers um, and um, uh, uh, heating systems, uh, electric windows and, and um, you know, window openers. You know, they all kind of entered into the mix, and that, you know, that 100 watts, you know, very quickly became 200 and and um, you know, soon crept up to the 500 to 600 watt range, um, which is what drove the um, battery voltage from 6 volts to 12 volts. Now, the, the, what drove it, what, the reason why the power requirements drove um, that higher voltage is a simple matter of Ohm's law, in that um, as you, um, have from a single point, you're, you're essentially limited um, by how much power you can distribute from that single point, by uh, what, how much wire or what gauge wire um, you use. As, uh, if that single point has a given voltage, um, that given voltage you know, requires you know, more and more current um, to, as, as the power increases. So we'll take six volts as the, um, as the starting point. You know, six volts um, at 100 watts, um, is, is a slightly less than 20 amps of current. You can pull 20 amps of current with normal-sized wires from a single point. Uh, but if you think about that growing up to, say, 600 watts, now suddenly that current goes from just under 20 amps to being around 100 amps. 
Um, now you need to up the size of the wire. Otherwise, those wires glow red hot, and um, you, know, you, do, you end up losing a lot of that power um, in distribution resistance. Um, hence, the 12-volt battery um, came into its own. Now, once you get beyond that, um, uh, that 600 watts um, with a 12-volt battery, you start running into the exact same problem once you get up to around you know, a kilowatt or a kilowatt and a half because um, now you're back up to that 100-amp type of current that's required to distribute that kind of power, and your, your wires start to glow cherry red again. So 48 volts basically winds back um, that, you know, that current clock and allows you to distribute a couple of tens of kilowatts uh, while still keeping that current below, um, you know, below critical thresholds. Right, right. And we, we've heard a lot of chatter about semi-autonomous and autonomous vehicles, and while red tape might delay their full deployment for at least a little while, um, it's got OEMs thinking. So my question for you is, will the 48-volt battery be sufficient for fully autonomous vehicles, what, um, what we might officially call level five of autonomy? Yeah, so that's, a, that's an interesting question. So, I mean, when, we come, when we're talking about autonomous vehicles, um, you know, the, the autonomous aspect of the vehicle um, you know, is not adding a significant amount of, of power to the vehicle. So, for example, um, to, to, to talk a little bit, just to back up a little bit and talk a little bit more about what's driving that 48 volts, is that when you look at uh, the amount of electrification that occurs in a vehicle today, uh, you look at things like you know, electric seat warmers, um, you look at some of these emerging technologies like active suspension, um, these kinds of things are now adding significant kilowatts of, of power requirement um, to the vehicle electric system. Um, and then you, you add one more thing, which is the um, emissions requirements that are being driven by countries like, uh, like Europe. Um, those emission requirements are requiring um, essentially the, the combustion engine to, to run at a, a, a relatively constant um, RPM speed. In other words, um, the, the combustion engine, in order to meet the emission requirements that are being um, dictated um, by many governments um, throughout the world today, um, are requiring um, further electrification uh, of a vehicle in order to um, offload the combustion engine from variable loading. So what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of things that are tr typically driven by a belt, like an air conditioning system on a vehicle um, um, or you know, other, other loads. We're seeing those become electrified as well. And again, um, that's adding more kilowatts to the distribution system and driving the distribution voltage higher. Now, to, to jump to your question about autonomous vehicles, you know, the autonomous um, vehicle load is, is only maybe a couple of extra kilowatts. So um, you think about all the sensors that are needed in order to sense the surroundings, uh, the, the GPU processing power that's needed in order to interpret those signals, and um, then the various servos and motors and controls that are needed to actually uh, maneuver the vehicle. Um, you're not talking about huge amounts of um, additional power there. Um, but one of the ways to look at it is that the autonomous vehicle is just yet another straw on the already loaded camel's back, and at, you know, at some point something has to give. Um, so the answer to your question is, is that um, the 48-volt volt battery is sufficient for autonomous vehicle in terms of additional loading, 
Um, but you look, you have to look at that in the context of the the larger um, number of different loads that are that are being um, added to the vehicle, kind of in parallel with this autonomous um, um, motivation. Mm -hmm. Now, Paul, we're all about power here at uh, PSD, hence, hence the title. So. Let me ask you, what, what, what sort of problems does the 48-volt battery present for the power conversion process, and, and what has Vicor done uh, specifically to mitigate some of those problems? So the 48-volt battery um, basically is, uh, is a higher voltage. It's four times higher than, um, than the 12-volt battery, which has been the, the standard for, for automotive. And um, from a power standpoint, you know, there's, the, there's the obvious problem that you're, you now have um, – whole generations of, of equipment that are designed to run off of 12 volts um, that now either, you know, are either need to be completely redesigned to accept 48 volts um, or, you know, there needs to be some intermediate conversion step to allow that equipment to be used. Uh, but the more, the more pressing problem is just 48 volts is a bigger step and a, and a bigger step um, in power conversion um, means more loss. Um, for example, you, you look at uh, what makes up the heart of, a, of, of, a, of most DC-DC converters, and that is basically a, a MOSFET, which uh, switches at a certain duty cycle um, and takes that, that, higher, um, that higher voltage and um, chops it up into smaller uh, pulses, which are then averaged by um, some type of a filter to create a lower voltage. Um, the higher those, um, you know, those switching, uh, that switching voltage uh, the more switching losses are, concern, are, are um, incurred. And um, there's also the size aspect, too. Um, you, you look at the, this equipment um, that, you know, again, runs off of a low, uh, a low voltage, and um, you don't want to have to add um, a lot more overhead into the system to convert from 48 volts down to 12 volts. Now that's a new power converter that wasn't part of your car uh, beforehand. Um, so... If you do have to add that intermediate conversion stage, you want it to be as small as possible. And um, smaller converters require a higher switching frequency. And again, if you're switching a bigger step of voltage, that's more losses. So there, there are a lot of challenges with the 48-volt conversion. Most of them are driven by the fact that it's a higher voltage, and it's trickier to convert from a higher voltage to a low voltage uh, without incurring significant uh, additional losses. Now, what Vicor has done um, specifically to, to mitigate this, is that um, we have developed uh, technology that, that greatly reduces, um, or in many cases eliminates, uh, those switching losses. And um, what we call that is zero voltage and zero current switching, which is that we essentially manipulate um, the current that, that flows through our converters um, such that the converter is naturally crossing uh, the voltage is naturally crossing zero at the point where the switch turns on um, and off. And what that does is two things. First of all, it allows us to increase the switching frequency greatly without incurring an additional penalty. Um, so we can switch our switches more often and faster, uh, which allows us to make the converter smaller um, because there's less energy that's stored in each uh, switching cycle. Um, the second thing um, and the more relevant thing to, the, to this conversation is, um, is that the zero voltage and zero current switching um, allows us to switch bigger steps of, of voltage. Again, if that switch is, um, 
there is zero volts across that switch when it's turning on and off, um, the switching losses are, are zero. So, um, and the points where it's off, um, fully off, and the points where it's fully on, uh, the voltage is a higher value or the higher differential between when the switch is off or on is irrelevant if you're actually switching at zero volts because the switching losses are what um, causes most of the um, most of the issues. Okay. Uh, well, you know, looking into the future, and, and we've talked about the 48 volt battery a lot. Are, are there any applications on the horizon that might push the 48 volt battery into irrelevance? Well, yeah, I, I think that the 48 volt battery. So, I, so let me make a quick distinction here. Um, the 48 volt battery, um, I think, is destined for irrelevance. But I think that 48 volt distribution um, will be part of the automobile um, for the foreseeable future. So let me try to talk a little bit about this further. So, you know, we, we look at what's driven the voltage from 6 volts many years ago to 48 volts where it is today, um, and we see that that's increasing power requirements of a car, um, going from hundreds of watts to a few, to, uh, to a few kilowatts and now to um, more like 10 kilowatts. You know, looking ahead, you know, where we see vehicles going is we see fully electric vehicles are, you know, on the horizon in the future. Um, many automakers um, have that initiative. And those fully electric vehicles, you know, pull hundreds of kilowatts to accelerate the uh, traction motors that um, drive the vehicles and, and move them at high speeds and, and so on and so forth. Um, th those, the energy for those, you know, high-power high, um, high motors is stored in a high-voltage battery that's 400 volts. So, you know, you look at where the energy storage is in fully electric vehicles, it's not at 48 volts, it's at 400 volts. And so, you know, what I see at, in the future is that, you know, just as the 48-volt battery today is replacing the 12-volt battery, but in many cases there's no, uh, no replacement for all the 12-volt equipment that's been um, designed and, and, and built up over the many years, 48 volts will soon assume that same um, situation. It will still be around as a distribution voltage, um, but you may not have a 48-volt battery. You may have a 400-volt battery or even a higher-voltage battery um, that is down-converted to 48-volt to power the low-voltage distribution in an automobile chassis. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that makes sense. I, you know, thanks for all the great information, Paul. Uh, on behalf of PSD, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.